We are on Yudchet Amudbet, four lines from the bottom. Vam Rabbi Yirmiya ben Elazar, Miyom Shecharav Beit Megdash, from the day that the Beit Megdash was destroyed. Dayolu Lam Shishtamesh Pishteyotiyot. It's enough that the world uses two names, two letters of Hashem's name. Shneemar Kolon Shmatalo Kahaluluka. As it says, every soul will ever will praise Ka, not Yudke Vavke, but just Yud Hey. Obviously, any time you get into talking about letters of Hashem's name, it's very deep. But one simple explanation that is brought, relatively simple explanation, is that the Zohar says that each letter of Hashem's name refers to something different. The Yud and the Hey refer to Ava and Yira. And the Vav refers to learning Torah, and the hey, second Hey refers to doing mitzvos. So since the base of English was destroyed, there are many mitzvos that were missing. So that knocks out the second Hey. And the Gemara says elsewhere that the Gullus of the Jewish people is the greatest Bittal Torah that there is. As much Torah learning as we have now, it's nothing compared to what we would have if we had a base Megdash, so that knocks out the Vav, and all we have left is Ava Nira, which is the first Yud and the first Hey. Van Rabbi Elazar, and Rabbi Elazar said, When Vavil was cursed, its neighbors were cursed. When Shomron, the kingdom of the ten north tribes, was cursed, its neighbors were blessed. Mur explains, when Bavel was cursed, his neighbors were cursed. Says, I will place it as the inheritance of a hedgehog and swamps of water. But when Shamron was cursed, its neighbors were blessed. Says, I will turn Shamron into a place of vineyards so the neighbors can plant vineyards in Eretzrel and and enjoy the use of the land. And Rabbi Yirmiya ben Elazar said, come and see that the way of Hashem is not like the ways of man. In human courts, when a person is sentenced to death, they put a bit in his mouth, they muzzle him, so that he can't curse the king. But the way of a Kaddosh Baruch Hu is, When a person is Chayv Misa, he's silent, he doesn't even want to curse the king, to curse Hashem. It says to you, Silence is praise. Not only that, he praises Hashem. It says praise. Not only that, it seems to him as if he is bringing a korban. As it says, to you will be brought a neder. You probably have heard at some point a famous story about Rabbi Chana Wasserman as he and other people were being led away to be murdered by the Lithuanian allies of the Nazis. He spoke about the, the beauty of the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem and how everybody has to purify themselves to fulfill the mitzvah of 
dying al Kiddush Hashem with purity. There possibly even is a bracha to say on it. I, I don't recall if that's part of the story or not. That's how a Jew is capable of behaving under such circumstances. Dam Rabbi Shoven Levi, as Rabbi Shoven Levi said, my dichtiv ovrei ve'emek habacha mayan yeshituhu gam brachot yateh moreh. Those who pass through the valley of thorns, they transform it into a wellspring. Also, the rain will cloak with blessings. Will cloak it with blessings. Ovrei, those who pass through, is elu adam shovrim al is those who transgress the will of Akadash Brahu, Amek the valley, Shimamikim Lahem Gainom, that Gehenom is deepened for them, Habacha the thorns, that alludes to the word crying, Shibuchim Umaridim Zvat Kmayan, Shoshitin, they they cry and they release tears like a wellspring. And Rashi connects it to the Shitin, the cisterns under the Mizbeach, which are very deep and could hold a lot of liquid. Also the rain will cloak it with blessings. Moreh means the rain. They justify Hashem's judgment. They say before him, you've judged us well. You've acquitted those you acquitted well. You convicted those you convicted well. And you properly established Gehenom for Rishayim and Gan Eden for Tzadikim. Mara asks, Aini, is that so? Is it true that, that Rishayim justify Hashem's judgment when they go down to Gehenom? Rish Lakish said, that even on the gates, at the gates of Gehenna, they don't repent. It says, go out and see the corpses of the people who are sinning. It doesn't say they sinned in the past. They're currently sinning. They're sinning forever. Our answer is, that latter Pasuk is talking about Goyim, and the previous Drasha about accepting Hashem's judgment is talking about Jews. And this is logical, reasonable interpretation. Because otherwise, <clears throat> we have a contradiction between two statements of Rish Lakish. We have the one that we just said, that Rishayim, even at the gates of Gehenna, do not repent. And we have the following. Rish Lakish said, that the sinners of Israel, the fire of Gehenna doesn't take hold of them. Learn a Kalvachomer, Mizbeach Azahav, Kalvachomer from the golden altar in the base of Migdash. Ma Mizbeach Azahav in Alav Elka Ovitinar Zahav. The golden altar wasn't really made out of gold, it just had a dinar thickness, dinar is a coin, uh, dinar thickness of gold on it. Nevertheless, Ahmad Kamashanim, but it lasted for many, many years. And the fire did not take hold of it. The sinners of Israel were full of mitzvahs like the seeds of a pomegranate. Rakatech 
Even the empty ones among you are full of mitzvahs like the seeds of a pomegranate. Alacha kama v'kama. Certainly, Gehenna does not take hold of them. The fire does not take hold of them. So we would have a contradiction between that and the statement that Rishayim don't repent even at the gates of Gehenna unless we interpret that statement that Rishayim don't repent as referring to Goyim and this statement as referring to Jews. Umar asks, well then, if if the fire of Gehenna doesn't take hold of Jews, then what's the meaning of the Pasuk that we had before? Those who pass through the Valley of Thorns, which we said refers to people going down to Gehenna. Umar answers, refers to people who at that moment are high of Gehenna. And Avram Avinu goes and takes them out. Not that Jews don't go down to Gehenna at all, but it's a very brief visit. And then Avram Avinu comes and rescues them. Except for a Jew who has relations with a non-Jew, who hides his bris, he pulls his orla, that is, he hides his bris, Avram Avinu doesn't recognize that he's Jewish, so he doesn't to save him from Gehenna. Tosvos points out that there are other Gemaras that refer to other types of Jews who also have to stay in Gehenna a while, or who don't come out at all. Tosvos explains why different Gemaras say different things. Matkifla Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana challenged the premise of Reish Lakish's statement. You're saying that haposhim means that they're currently sinning, they're currently going on and sinning. It says Hashem is the one who is taking us out of Egypt and who is bringing us out of Egypt. Is he currently taking us out of Egypt and bringing us out of Egypt? It means he did in the past. So too, it means they sinned in the past, and your question is not a question. The, the premise of that drasha is not is not valid. But I'm Rabbi Yirmiya ben Elazar. Rabbi Yirmiya ben Elazar says, There are three openings to Gehenna. Echad b'midbar, one in the desert, echad b'yam, and one in the sea, echad b'shalayim, and one in Yushalayim. B'midbar, in the desert, regarding Korach, it says, they and all that was theirs went down alive to Sheol, and Sheol is one of the names of Gehenna, as we'll see. Bayam, in the sea, Dichtiv mi beten Sheol shivati, shamata koli, Yona said from the stomach, from inside Sheol, I cried, you heard my voice. And Yerushalayim, Dichtiv ni Hashem asher or lo v'tzion v'tanur lo Yerushalayim. Regarding Yerushalayim, it says in Yeshaya, this is the word of Hashem, who has a fire in Zion and an oven in Yerushalayim. V'tana devei Rabbi Shmal, asher orlo v'tzion ze gehino, v'tanur lo v'yushalayim, zofin chashu gehino. What is the fire in Zion? It's Gehenna. And what is the oven in Yerushalayim? It's the opening to Gehenna. So you see that there are openings to Gehenna in these three places. V'tu leka, is that all? V'amar Rabbi Merion, Amar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, V'amri latana Rabba bar Merion, v'tabei Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai, but Rabbi Marion said that Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi said, and some say that a brisa was taught by Rabbi Bar Marion in the yeshiva of Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai. Shtei marot yesh begei ben hinom. There are two palm trees in the valley 
of Ben Hinnom. The valley of Ben Hinnom is sort of between Harhazesim and Ir David, in that roughly in that area. The Ole Ashan Vivenehem, and fire comes up between these two palm trees, the Zoishaninu, Sinehar Barzokshirot. And it's regarding those palm trees that we say in Sukkah, the palm trees called Sinehar Habarzel are fit for the mitzvah of Lulav. The Zoe Vichashogenum, and that is the opening of Gehenum. It sounds like there's another one. The Mara says, no, Diyamahainu Diyushalayim. Maybe that's what we meant when we said there was one in Yushalayim. I'm Rabbi Shoban Levi. Rabbi Shoban Levi said, Zayin Shemot Yeshlegenum. Gehenum has seven names. Ve'elohein, Sheol, Vavadon, Vershachat, Bor, Sheon, Betit Hayavain, Betzalmavet, Ve'eretz HaTachtit. Sheol, Tichtiv, as it's written, Mibetin Sheol Shivati Shemate Koli, says from the stomach of Sheol, I cried, you heard my voice. Avadon, Tichtiv, it says, Hayisupar Vakever Chastecha Minutchav Avadon, it says, can your kindness be spoken of in the grave, and your faithfulness in Avadon? Ve'er Shachat, Tichtiv, Kilo Tazov Nafshi Lishol, Lo Titein Chasticha Lerot Shachat, says, you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, you will not allow your chassid to see shachat, or shachat, be'er shachat, the same thing. Ubor sh'on v'titayavein, t'ichtiv, be'aleni mibor sh'on v'titayavein. It says, you took me up from a pit of sh'on and from the teeth, the mud, in which I, I could have been drowning. V'tsalmavet, and salmavet, t'ichtiv, yoshvei choshef v'tsalmavet. It says, those who sit in darkness and salmavet, the shadow of death, that's Another name for Gehenna. The Eretz HaTachtit, and the seventh one was the land below. That's a Gemara, that's a tradition, there's no Pasuk for that. Gemara asks, the two Leika, is that all? There are only seven names? Vaika Geinom, what about Gehenna? That's a name. Gei Shamuka, Gemara answers, Gei Shamuka Shakol Yered Lal Esek Hinam. It is a deep valley into which people go because of immorality, adultery. Rabbi Kiva Eger brings, the Gemara in Yoma says on the Pasuk, that we remember what we ate in Mitzrayim, Chinam, before the Torah was given, there were no prohibitions on Arayos, and that's referred to as Chinam, free, free of mitzvos. And so, Aliske, Chinam, or according to the Bachskir Sa, Chinam, refers to Arayos. We'll explain this further in a second. Vaika Tefateh, there's also the name Tefateh, Dichtiv Aroch Metmol Tefateh. It says, from yesterday, where elsewhere Darshans means before creation, you set up Tefateh, Geinam was, uh, was created before creation. Hahu Shekola Mitfateh Vitsoi Polsham. That means that someone who is seduced by Zetahara will fall into there. The commentary Ein Eliyahu asks, what's the Gemara answering? It's saying, don't count these two because they have meanings. They have reasons. The other seven didn't have reasons or meanings. Well, what's, what's the Gemara answering? So he says, the other seven refer to seven different levels of Gehenna. It's also brought that the seven names of Gehenna parallel seven types of Rashaim, Ra, Belial, Chote, Rash, Mashchit, Leitz, and Yahir. Those seven names parallel seven different types or levels of Gehenna. The names Gehenum and Tefateh are general terms that describe Gehenum in general. So the Gemara is answering, we don't count these two because they just refer to the place that sinners go, and they're not referring to specific levels of Gehenum like the other seven are.
Mar continues, Gan Eden, Rishlakish Amar, uh, Amar Rishlakish, Rishlakish says, Im Eretz Yisrael, who? Beit Sha'an Pitchol. If Gan Eden is in Eretz Yisrael, its opening is in Beit Sha'an, where the fruits of Eretz Yisrael were sweetest, so it makes sense that that would be near Gan Eden. Ve'im Baravia, and if it's in Arabia, Beit Garam Pitchol, its opening is at Beit Garam. Ve'im Beina Narot, who, and if it's in Mesopotamia, between the rivers, Dumaskinin Pitcha, its opening is in Dumaskinin, name of a place, Bibavel, in Bavel. Abai Mishtabach Peri de Ever Yamina, Rava Mishtabach Peri de Harpanya. Abaye would praise the fruits of the right bank of the Euphrates River, and Rava would praise the fruits of Harpanya, suggesting that those may be places where the opening of Ganadin is. The word Bibavel goes with Abai and Rava. Tosos asks, that implies that, that Bain Hanaharot, Mesopotamia, is somewhere different than Bavel. Back to the Mishnah. We said in the Mishnah, O Benihan Kimlo Shtei Rivakot, between the corner posts of the Pasebiraot that are around the well, so there's an opening equal to, according to Rabbi Meir, two groups of Three cattle, and according to Rabbi Yehuda, two groups of four cattle. And it says that they are shurot of mutarot. They are tied and not untied. Shita came into Tani Ledik Shurotabu. Since it says they're tied, Ananyadina and Dolah Mutarot, we know that they're not untied. Our answer is Mahatamak Shurot Kain Shurot. I might have thought. It, it doesn't literally mean that you have to tie them up when you measure it. Rather, they should be bunched together like they're tied, of a mamash lo, but not literally. Therefore, it's telling me that they have to literally be tied together. They have to be that close together when you measure the distance. One group going in and one group going out, which brings them closer together because the heads are narrower than the bodies. Tana. Learned in Vraisa, Rivaka Nichneset Rivakayotseit, one group going in and one group going out, not one cow going in and one cow going out, but one group. Tanarvana, Kama Rashavrubashaltra, we learned in Vraisa, what is the head, the measure of the head and most of the body of a, of a cow? Shte Amot, it's two Amos. We said in the Mishnah, how close to the well can you place these boards? It has to be far enough away that the head and majority of a cow that's drinking will be inside. So what is that distance? It's two amos from the well. The kama of Yashapara, and what is the thickness of a cow? Ama ushneshlishe ama. It's one and two thirds amos. Shehein keeser kdivaramir, which comes to approximately ten, according to Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Huda says, like 13 or like 14. That's the end of the Brisa. Mar asks, like 10, approximately 10. It's exactly 10. Mar answers, That's how the Bach reads it. The Gears of the Bach is, Since in the Seifa, it wants to say like 13, so in the Reisha it said like 10, approximately 10, approximately 13. And then the Gemara asks, Kishlosh approximately 13, Tvei and it's more than that. It's 13 and a third, as I've mentioned many times. 
Our answer is we should divide the mitne kiarbaisrei because it wants to say approximately 14. So it says approximately 13. Kerbaisrei lohavya, but it's not 14. Amrapapa yeterot alshloshrei veinan megiyot larbaisrei. It means to say, Rapapa says it means to say it's more than 13 and less than 14. Amrapapa. Rapapa said, if the well is eight amos across and you put the boards two amos away from the well, then everyone agrees you don't need straight boards in the middle. Rashi explains that even according to Rabbi Meir, if you put the boards, the cow's head and most of its body away from the well, which is two amos. So the entire closure around the well will be 12 amos. That is because the well is eight and two on each side makes 12. And the boards are one amma each at the corners. So the space between the boards is 10 amos. Even Rebbe Mayer would agree you don't need extra boards in between. In this picture, number one, you see the cow drinking from a bucket next to the well. You see the corner boards and these four straight boards in between the corners in the middle. Those, that's what's called the pshutin, the straight ones. Even Rabbi Meir would agree that you do not need them if the distance between the corners is only, between the corner boards is only 10 amos. The borsh demisrei, if the well itself is 12 amos wide, the kuleyamalopligi then nobody would argue that you do need the straight boards. Rashi explains, because if you distance two amos on each side, two amos being the head and majority of the body of the cow, then the entire enclosure is six covers 16 amos. The corner boards are an ama each, which is makes up two amos. So you have an opening of 14, which according to Rabbi Huda is too much. So there everyone would agree that you need a board in the middle. Ki pligi mishmona ajdemisrei. The Rabbi Meir be'inam shutin, the Rabbi Huda lo be'inam shutin. They only argue uh, in the intermediate sizes whether you need a straight board in the middle. According to Rabbi Huda, you do not. And according to Rabbi Meir, you do. As I said them in reverse order. If it was confusing, I apologize. According to Rabbi Meir, you would need an extra board. And according to Rabbi Huda, you would not need an extra board. Yumara asks, Rav Papa Mike Mashlan. What is Rav Papa teaching us? Tanina. We already learned in the Mishnah that Rabbi Meir says six oxen, and Rabbi Yehuda says eight oxen. So we know that Rabbi Meir allows a space of ten, and Rabbi Yehuda allows a space of thirteen and a third. And that when Rabbi Meir requires extra boards, it's when it's more than ten almost wide. Bigmar answers, Rav Papa, Papa had never heard the Brisa which says that the width of a cow is one and a third amos, and that the length of the head and most of the body is two amos. And without that information, we could not do the calculations, because the Mishnah doesn't contain the calculations. The Kamash Kebraita, and he's teaching us the calculations, just like the Brisa is, because Rapapa did the calculations on his own. And Amora is allowed to not have heard a Brisa. He's not allowed to not know a Mishnah, they knew all the Mishnayos cold, but he's allowed to not know a Brisa. He never heard that Brisa, and on his own, he did the arithmetic and taught us these rules. Mara continues, Arich yoter betel chitzat chatzer shibsha siman. Ba'amidea ba'imirabba, 
Derich Bidumadin Keshub Shutim Ramim Rahu. If he lengthened the corner posts, corner boards enough to make the space between them less than 10 almost as you would do by putting boards in the middle, the Rabbi Meir Mahu, according to Rabbi Meir, what's Allah? He said, we learned it in the Mishnah, as long as he increases the Pasim. Doesn't that mean that he lengthens the boards, the corner boards? No, 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 it means he adds extra boards in the middle. If that's the case, why does it say, as long as he increases the Pasim? It should say, as long as he increases boards, not as long as he increases the boards, which implies lengthening the boards. It should say, as long as he increases boards, which would mean the number of boards. That's what it should have said. Tani, so he answered him, change the language to say, until he increases boards, until he increases the number of boards. There are those who say, some say he answered the question by saying, we learned in the Mishnah, as long as you increase the boards. My love, the mafish v'avid b'shutin, does not mean that you must increase the number and make straight boards? Lo, de marich b'dimadin, no, it means to increase the length of the corner boards. Hachanami mistavra, and this makes sense, miditani, since it says, ubogad shi'arbeb bapasin, as long as he increases the boards, shma so you see, it means to increase the boards, the number of boards, not to increase boards, I'm sorry, it means to increase the boards themselves, not not until you increase boards, which would mean to add to the number of boards. So that is a proof. Mark continues. Abai asked Rabbah, if it's more than 13 and a third, the Rabbi Yehuda Mahu. According to Rabbi Yehuda, what do you do? In the Mishnah, only Rabbi Meir mentioned shutin, mentioned putting straight boards in between. So if it's more than 13 and a third, what would Rabbi Yehuda say to do? Shutin avid, you put straight boards in the middle, obedumadin marich. Or do you lengthen the corner boards? Amrlay, he answered him, tinituha, we learned in Ebrisa, Kamehain Makuravin, Kidehrushavaruba, Shopara, how close can they be to the well? Much as the head and majority of the body of a cow, which we said is two almost. The Kamamuchakin and how far apart can they be? A filukurva filukuraim, even to enclose an area of thirty seya or sixty seya. Rabbi Huda says, no, only two seya is permitted, more than two seya is prohibited. They said to Rabbi Don't you agree that enclosures for animals, uh, mentioned before, deer and a sahar, one is for uh, out outdoor animals, field animals, and one is for animals at, or at home, umuktseh, an enclosure for your firewood, chatser, and your chatser, can be even five kurim, even ten kurim, so that, 
a core is 30 seya, so five core is 150 seya, or 300 seya shemutar, and that's permitted. Marlehen zomachitzav ilupasin. He said that's different. Those have a machitza, and here there are just boards. Vim ita. Now, if it was the case that Rabbi Yehuda said to lengthen the corner boards, zomachitza vizomachitza mibayle, then he would have to say this is a machitza and this is a machitza because when you lengthen the corner boards. It would make it a machitza. It wouldn't just be boards standing there. But the fact they did not say that, you see that he says you should put individual boards standing in the middle. The Gemara says, no, hachikamar, zot tarat machitza alea ukritzotea be'eser, ve'elu tarat pasin alehan ukritzotea mishtosisrei amaushlish. Gemara says, no, you can't bring a proof. What he was saying was, these are different laws that has a din of a machitza and its opening is only up to 10 amos, and therefore we can make it of any size, even 300 seya. Here, there's a leniency that it can have an opening of 13 and a third amos, but that leniency requires a stringency that it be a smaller space. Abai asked Rabba, tell him it laket asra mitoch arba, nidon mishum diomad, or you know nidon mishum diomad. If at one corner you have a slope which goes up ten tfachim in a length of four amos, Perishchai picture 13, so at one corner you have this slope, and it's cut away, it's really a full mound, and the picture is cut away to show you the dimensions of it. But the intention is, like you see the dotted line, that it's a full mound in one corner. So can that count? As the corner posts or not, you don't mishum diomad or you know you don't mishum diomad. Amrlei tinitua. He told him to brisa. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar Omer, Haytasham Evan Rubat, or in Kolsh Ilu Techalek Vishpa Amalekan, Amalekan, you don't mishum diomad. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar said, if there would be a square stone at the corner, we should visualize that if it could be cut up, chiseled in such a way that there's an ama on this side and an ama on that side. Then it counts as a diomad, vilav, and if not, inoni domishum diomad, and if not, not. Rabbi Shmuel ben Oshu Yochanan mebroke Omer, haytasham even agula. Rabbi Shmuel ben Oshu Yochanan mebroke said, if there was a round stone there, roin kol shiul techakek v'techalek v'yeshba amat lekan v'amalekan, we view it as if if we would carve it. And divide it, there would be an ama this way and an ama that way. Then it can be a diomad, and if not, not. What are they arguing about? One spoke about a square rock and one spoke about a round rock. One says that we can say, visualize it once, but not twice. So if it's a square rock, we just need to visualize that the middle part is, is missing and, and an L-shaped part is left. If you look at picture 14, the parish high, so the olive, you visualize the olive is gone, and that leaves an L-shaped stone of an ama by an ama. Umar Sabar, Arina. the other one says, we can even say Roin twice. So 
to get a an L-shaped bracket out of a round stone, you have to visualize two carvings. You have to first carve it into a square, and then you have to carve out the inside of the L, as in picture 15 in the Perishchai. I think we will stop there. Have a very good Shabbos.